thank you for tuning in today. My name is Frankie Mazapika. The title of my message is, There is a Rock in the Way. Jesus was crucified on a Friday night. According to Mark chapter 16, on a Saturday night, three ladies, brave ladies, uh, who watched the crucifixion from a distance, but they watched it. While the followers fled out of fear and the disciples were in hiding, these three ladies stayed at the cross. Their names were Mary, who was the mother of James and Joseph, Mary Magdalene, and also Salome, who was the mother of the two disciples, which were called the Sons of Thunder because they preached with fire, James and John. These three ladies on a Saturday night took their money and went out to buy spices, aloe, and myrrh so that they could return to the tomb and anoint Jesus' body. Their intentions were as pure as the driven snow. They were passionate about Jesus. They were more passionate about him than they were anything else in their life. But they had a huge problem. See, the tomb was chiseled out of a rock. In Isaiah 26, the prophet calls Jesus the rock of ages. And so they were laying a rock inside of a rock which was covered by a rock. There was a rock inside of a rock covered by a rock. The problem was these ladies had no way of rolling that rock out of the way to get to Jesus so that they could anoint the body. They had no way. They've already spent the money. But there are some things that money cannot buy. Money can buy you a house, but not a home. Money can buy you a clock, but not time. Money can buy you a bed, but not rest. Money can buy you food, but not an appetite. Money can hire a doctor, but it can't make you healthy. Money can buy you insurance, but it cannot keep you safe. And this is the problem that we all have today. We have certain needs, certain hopes, certain desires that not even money can get for us. And this was the situation that they were in. They had a hope, they had a dream, they had a desire, they had a passion, but they had a big rock in the way. Has, has your plans ever almost been perfect? Like, think about your life right now. 
Isn't, don't we have this one thing in common? That if that one particular problem would just get out of the way, we'd have a pretty decent life. Are you with me? Say yes. Let me hear you. Are you with me? Say yes. There's always this big rock in the way. And if that rock would just leave, it would just go away. If that neighbor would just move. If our boss would quit or resign and fly away to another nation, our life would be so much easier. There's always that rock in the way. I I imagine that those three ladies, when they left that morning to go to the tomb, that voice that never sleeps, was in their ear. You know the voice, I know the voice. We were raised hearing the voice. It's the voice of discouragement that tells you all of your hopes, all of your dreams, all of your... They're not going to happen, so stop hoping. Are you familiar with that voice? Say yes real loud. Come on, let me hear you. Yes? I'm telling you, we've heard it since we were a child because the voice never sleeps and it never shuts up. I believe that when those ladies left their house, that voice was screaming, why even leave? The tomb is covered by a rock. But there was another voice, not out loud, right down in here. I am going to worship him anyway. That voice again, not only is the tomb covered by a rock, but it's got the seal of the governor. And if you break that seal, you will meet a trouble that you have never met before. Again, I'm going to worship God. He has done something for me that I cannot let go without worshiping him and saying thank you. You see, worship is a reaction. That's all worship is. If you need a definition for worship, it's reaction. Worshipers are reacting to an action that God has done. And as a result, you can't help but to say thank you. Thank you. That's what worship is. Thank you. True worshipers have great memories. They know where they would be if it were not for God. They know where they would be. If it were not from God, there were certain seasons in our life that we would have never made it out of. You know the seasons. It's the seasons that you won't even talk about anymore. Because they almost broke you. I have those seasons. Those seasons where I was not sure that season would ever end. That it was a sentence. Not a season. It was a sentence. And somehow. Somehow. I got through it. And you know those seasons. So not only was there a rock in front of the tomb, not only was it sealed by a seal, but it was being protected by soldiers. That voice of discouragement. I imagine, 
I imagine that if there were only one woman leaving that moment, that morning, with spices and aloe, that voice of discouragement may have overcome her and she would have stayed home. I imagine if there were two ladies, in the moment of discouragement, one could have encouraged the other and they would have kept going. But on this morning, there were three ladies. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12, it says, A cord with three strands is not easily broken. These women had God on their mind, and it didn't matter what didn't happen. They knew what was going to happen, and they were going to worship God at all costs. At all costs. If you want a reason not to worship you will find them everywhere. But even at this present moment, according to Romans chapter 11, verse 5, at this present moment, there is a remnant called by grace. What is a remnant? A remnant is a fraction of a whole. So if you take all of the people in the world, the entire population, a fraction of the whole are still worshiping. They're still worshiping. The rest of them, I fear that discouragement has overwhelmed them and disappointment has distracted them. But the women in the voice face the voice of discouragement and distraction and still worshiped him. Above all of your priorities in your life, Pick your friends wisely. Pick them wisely. The ones that have the ability to encourage you in the things of God, pursue those relationships. I know, I know it, it, it tests every fiber of insecurity in your body to pursue a relationship. My goodness, we live in a world when you text a person, you let it sit for a second. Because you don't want to grab it too soon and respond. They'll know and they'll think that you're hungry for the relationship. And so we have to play this little peekaboo game. <laughs> well, I've called them three times. They have only called me one time. I better sag back a little bit. I shot them an email and they waited four hours before they replied. Now I have to wait eight hours. It's a game. It's a teeter-totter peekaboo game. But I challenge you. Go after the relationships that will make you better and make you strong and run from the relationships that will hurt you. The wrong relationships will spread a net before your feet. The right relationships will set you on a trajectory to experience the presence of God that you didn't even know was possible. Relationships. C.S. Lewis said this, a friendship is born when one person says to the other, what? Me too. C.S. Lewis said, in order to have a friend, you must first be a friend. 
If you have a shortage of friends in your life that make you better, I want to ask you to put your running shoes on and go find one. And once you are a friend to them, they will be a friend to you. You might have to make more investments before you are able to make a withdrawal. But I promise you, the fruit will be worth the labor. It will be worth it. And in that moment of discouragement, you will have an ally at your side. And if you have one good friend, in high school you can have 500. But as an adult, if you have one good friend, you have more than most people. My only challenge is go for the A friends. What do I mean by that? Well, my daughter is 16 years old. She's sitting on the front row next to her best friend who's also 16. And I was going to send them a text message in the middle of the night last night, both of them at the same time, which I've never done before. But I was going to send, I was almost this close. And I thought, why would I send this text message? I know they're going to be in church. I'll just say it in front of everybody. My text message was going to say, will your next boyfriend, because neither one of them are dating, praise God for that. Let's give him an ovation of praise. God is good. He's a faithful God. But the question was, will your next boyfriend be an A guy, a B guy, or a C guy? An A guy is a hot guy that's leading you towards the Lord. That's an A guy. Are y'all listening? Take notes. This is from the Lord. A B guy is a hot guy, but you are leading him to the Lord. A C guy is a hot guy. Notice... If they're not hot, they won't, they're not even. (laughs) Forget about it. Forget about it. He might be John the Baptist, but if he's not hot. A sea guy is a hot guy, but he's indifferent to the things of God. Regardless of what he says. The fruit in his life, the actions in his life, testify to the fact that he's indifferent to the things of God. Are you after an A guy, a B guy, or a C guy? Are you after an A friend, a B friend, or a C friend? If you ever identify an A friend, you have to go after them like a dog chases a car. You have to go after them until you get them and lure them and call them and say, I need you in my life. You say, that's not my personality. Make it your personality. You say, I'm tired of being the bigger person all the time. Stop hanging out with short people. Don't hang out with little people anymore. They're too little for you. If you're always the bigger person, stop hanging out with little people. I digress. So the ladies... They're walking towards the throne, which is the tomb in their life. See, when you get down on your knees, 
you are kneeling before the throne. So they're walking towards the tomb so that they can get on their knees, but they're not sure how they're going to handle the rock. On the way there, they're passing right past Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified. And as they're walking, I imagine that they're trying to ignore the two thieves that are still on their crosses. Rigor mortis has already set in. They're stiff and they're cold. They stink. The ground has been stained by blood. And hidden tears. But they keep walking. Just about a hundred yards away, there's a garden. If you've ever taken a tour in Jerusalem, you know that the garden is right down the road from Golgotha, where Jesus was crucified. And so now they have left the dust of Golgotha and they're walking through a small trail through the most, one of the most beautiful gardens I've ever been in. And they, they, you walk through and now they're walking up to the rock. And all of a sudden... Just to make things more confusing. Have you ever been praying to God for help and then all of a sudden things get worse? <laughs> Just make me feel better and say yes. If, if it's ever happened to you, love me enough to lie. <laughs> it, they get almost to the tomb and all of a sudden this earthquake starts shaking the very ground under their feet and because they don't trust their legs to keep them upright I imagine they took a knee and huddled together it's a scary thing when the world feels like it's on your back and you're having to carry everything you know you're carrying everything when you have burdens and concerns that you cannot share with anyone else. Not because nobody cares, it's just because you don't have the words. You don't have the words. If you had every word at your demand, every word in the English language at your demand, it still wouldn't represent what you're feeling. That's how you know the world is being carried on your back. A couple years ago, I went to Rockefeller Center in New York. And there's a statue, the Atlas statue, and he's got the whole world on his back. It's a, it's a very impressive statue. You can see the strain in the muscle of his legs as his head is down and he's carrying the world on his back. That's what it feels like. It's straining. But I walked across the street to St. Patrick's Cathedral. It's a beautiful cathedral. As I walked down the center aisle of the cathedral, I saw another statue. A statue of Jesus. And he was holding the world in his hands. Can I tell you? Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 says that he was before all things and all things are held together within him. 
There is nothing in your life that he is not orchestrating, like the great orchestrator of heaven, where he, like an orchestrator, will look at the brass section and say, come on, let me hear you. And he silences the flutes, and then he looks to the flutes, and he holds off the brass and says, come on. I want you to know that the great orchestrator of heaven does the exact same thing in our world. Sometimes he just says, the good things are going to be, uh, they're going to hold on just for a moment. This season's going to have to last just a little bit longer because I want you to know who's directing everything. But sure, just as sure, just as sure as spring introduces summer, your tough season will introduce the season of triumph. And it's in those moments where the Lord says, that's enough. This is my daughter and she's had enough. Let me hear more of the blessings. And he commands heaven's armies to come to your front door. I think that at a certain moment they looked up and they saw the person who moved the rock. It was an angel. And he wasn't standing next to the rock. He was sitting on the rock. I find this so funny. An angel sitting on the rock. It's almost like he was sitting on the rock as if it was his trophy. And you'll just have to indulge me just for a moment. And let me let my imagination run. Hi. I'm Gulio. I move rocks. I want you to know it's not the first time heaven's armies came to the earth to move rocks. In Judges chapter 6, there was a whole city made of rocks. It was a fortified city. And the children of Israel would walk around that city worshiping God praying for deliverance because the people in that city were tormenting them. And nothing happened. But on the seventh day, they increased their worship and walked around the city seven times. And the angels of heaven were released and the entire city came to the ground. I want you to know that if you're bold enough and brave enough to worship God, you have heaven's armies. On your right and on your left. Does anyone love the Lord? Come on. Does anybody love the Lord? Now some of you may say, well that's the Easter story and that's beautiful and that's why I came. But Frankie, my rock isn't a stone. My rock falls into the category that can't be explained. Because unless her heart changes, unless God gives him a new spirit, unless God opens up a door of opportunity that is not in eyesight, I'm in trouble. 
I want you to know that all rocks are the same to God. And he makes miracles happen as easy as it is for you to breathe. And rocks still move. Many of you know the story of Celebration Church where God has just so graciously allowed his healing virtue to flow through this place. And people are physically healed in a moment. And every Sunday we like to share a video, 30 seconds, 90 seconds of a recent person who just got healed. Well, it just so happens that two weeks ago there was a gentleman standing right there who was completely blind. Let's take a look at his testimony, shall we? Mi nombre es Rosalio García. Aproximadamente hace unos tres años yo empecé a, a ver menos de lo que yo veía. Pero yo pensé que, como, como había ido con el doctor y me dijo que después de 40 años uno empieza a perder la vista. Entonces me recetaron lentes de hace unos 10 años atrás, más o menos. Pero al correr del tiempo de hace tres años yo veía menos y menos. He first went to Mexico to get um, procedures done in his eyes. Um, they told him he was, uh, it was started with cataract and then they led to coming back to Houston, went to other ophthalmologists here, to other eye doctors, and they started telling him there was glaucoma, did procedures, started with shots on his eyes, and then they said that he needed laser surgery. So they did that in both eyes. And the first day he started seeing after the procedure, but as the time kept passing by, the vision started, he started losing the vision little by little. Completamente lo perdí de completo, el 100%. About two weeks ago, he just started, he wasn't seeing at all. Um, it was just a shadow that he was able to see. He could sit right next to me and he'll tell me, I, I, don't, see you, I don't see your face. I just don't see your face. Este, le dije a mi esposa, vamos a donde van los muchachos de nosotros, mi, mi hijo, mi nuera, la familia de ellos. Dije, ellos van a una iglesia que dicen que está allá por el lado de Woodland, Texas. Vamos. My husband asked my mother and all that Sunday morning, you know, what made you come here? You know, why did you come? And my mother-in-law said, to, um, your dad said he's ready for his miracle. Y entonces este, el pastor dijo que los que quisiéramos pasar a adelante allí en su en, su, en el púlpito ahí, que él iba a orar digo el cual pasamos y me dijo él que que iba a orar por mí en mis ojos que cerrara mis ojos y puso los sus manos en mis ojos y y yo nomás dije bueno señor si es cosa tuya que yo sé que es cosa tuya yo voy a recibir milagro, mi milagro si tú me lo das Y cuando el pastor terminó de orar y me dijo, abre tus ojos, ven, ven mi cara. Y yo lo vi a él como es. Yo le dije, sí, sí, sí alcanzo a ver. Y dijo, pastor, ¿puedes ver la pantalla? Le digo, sí. Dijo, y que te vamos a poner unas palabras allí. Si tú las puedes ver, di, di lo que puedes ver. 
Y vi cuando, cuando de las dos primeras palabras decían Jesús, Jesús. Fue cuando yo sentí que, que el Señor se me había escuchado. Y que sigue, y yo estaba recibiendo mi milagro. I mean, I had chills up there with him. I started crying even when we went outside. He started reading some stuff. Um, he told his wife, I can see you. You know, he, it's been a long time since he was able to see any of us. Soy feliz porque yo ahorita veo, le digo a mi esposa cuando yo fui allá, le dije, bonita, le dije, ahora sí te veo lo guapa que era siempre. <laughs> Me dijo, todavía Dios, todavía Me regreso a mi vista para ver todavía. Doy gracias a Dios y invito a los que me escuchen que no se aparten del Señor, que Él todavía en aquellos hace dos mil años que anduvo aquí en la tierra hizo milagros y los ha venido haciendo y todavía los sigue haciendo y yo soy uno de ellos, un milagro del Señor. Let's all stand to our feet for me, please. In Revelations chapter 19, verse 10, it says, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, when we testify about what Jesus has done, we're actually talking about what he wants to do again. Amen. That's why every Sunday we play a testimony of somebody who has been healed to let everybody in the room know he wants to do it again. For those of you that are new to celebration and you want to hear more because you're not quite sure if I'm telling the truth, go to our website and just fast forward past me. I'm, you've already heard me. Just fast forward past it. Go right to the end. And there's an Probably 97% of the messages on there, there's another testimony. Another testimony. Does everybody that gets healed at celebration give their testimony? No. There's too many. Three were healed this morning before you got here. The Lord is just being incredibly gracious cancer healed deaf ears opened I want to tell you that whatever it is that you need he desires to do it he knows in, in Psalms chapter 103 verse 14 he says I, I know that you are made from dust I know your frame he knows that we need him and he wants to heal us he wants to there will be people that get healed right here in this room in the next few moments. And the only thing I ask, the only thing I ask is do not steal the Lord's glory from him. You steal the Lord's glory when you don't give him glory. 
and tell people about it, especially us. On Monday morning, we all sit down and we talk about the service. And when we start getting emails of people who have been healed, even if it's just 80% healed, you have no idea how much it lifts our faith. So don't steal his glory. I would be stealing his glory if I said that people got healed because of me. We all know that is absolutely ridiculous and the Lord would strike me down for that. So I can't touch it and you have to give it. But before I even discuss the healing power of God any further, let me ask every one of you a question. It's the most important question anyone will ever ask you, ever. If your heart were to stop beating in the next five minutes, are you 100% sure you know where you'd spend eternity? While you were in your mother's womb, it was the first thing that was formed, your heart. It's the first thing. Those of you who have had ultrasounds, you know the first thing is that little flickering heartbeat. The heart can beat without the brain. It's the spark of God. If you take a heart and put it in a Petri dish surrounded by cancer, the heart will kill 99% of the cancer outside of the heart. It's not just another organ. It's the spark of God. It doesn't need a battery. It's the spark of God. And we do not know when that last beat will come. It catches everyone by surprise. You never know when the moment will happen. And if that moment were to happen to you in the next five minutes, are you 100, 100% sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know where you'd spend eternity? If the answer is no, before you leave this room, I want you to come down and take the hand of a prayer partner that will be down here in a few moments and just take their hand and just say, I just need to get my life right with God. But for those of you who need a physical healing in your body, I just want you to raise both hands up to the Lord right now, right where you're at. You need a physical healing in your body. Holy Spirit, would you just begin to just move on them right now in this room and heal them? Now, you know your body. You know if something is happening inside of you. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She touched the garment and then she knew she could feel virtue. And so you know your body. You know if something's happening to you. I want to pray with you if you start feeling anything at all. I just, I just want you to come down here and I want to pray for you. Is there, I know it's Easter. I know many of you, you're new here. But every once in a while, the Lord will speak to me and tell me a particular ailment that he wants to heal right now. Now, in full transparency, 
most of the time, I don't know if that's God talking to me or is that me talking to me? And if you go to church here, you've seen this many times where I share it. Nobody raises their hand and I have to acknowledge the fact that God was not talking to me at all. That was me talking to me. But if I did hear from God and that person is courageous enough to let me pray for them and they just raise their hand, they come out of their seat and they let me pray for them, the probability of them getting healed is so high that the three gentlemen that came down here in the first service, they got healed before I even prayed for them. So let me just find out. Is there anyone here? I'm just going to just tell you what's coming to my mind right now. Your left wrist has been giving you incredible. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know if it's arthritis. I don't know what it is. But your left wrist has just been giving you a tremendous amount of problems. A pain in your abdomen area. Another person or the same person. A pain in your abdomen area. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Is it you? Sit in the abdomen. Let me pray for you. Is there anyone with the wrist or in the abdomen? Is it you? Just raise your hands right where you're at because I, I am going to pray for you. But the Lord is so sovereign. He touches people just because. Is it your wrist or your abdomen? Your wrist? Man, the call of God is on your life. What's your name? Vernon? Vernon? And you already know the call of God is on your life, don't you? Just start moving your wrist, right? Try to make it hurt. And and I'm going to believe that while you're moving your wrist, just the pain is going to go away. Abdomen. Abdomen. Just start moving it. Now, those of you that are with the abdomen, I just want you to put your hands out just like this and just imagine the Lord just pouring his healing virtue on top of your head just from heaven, like a long cascade, a golden cascade of healing virtue. And as soon as you know he's touching you, you will know it. I just want you to just move your hands like this so I know it. You will know it. Just move your hands like this so I know it. I was preparing this message on Tuesday morning. The sun hadn't come up yet. And I'm writing down everything that's coming to my mind for this message. And then all of a sudden, three names came to my mind. And I thought, I don't, God, is that you? Or Once again. In this case, the Lord was talking to me and they're, they'll get healed. But I wrote down their names and I'm new. I'm, 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 I'm new with names. I'm, I'm growing in it. And so if I miss it, just know I'm, I'm just growing. I'm growing before your eyes. There was three names. 
It was Angie, Trevor, and Sally or Susie. Susie or Sally. I didn't know if it was Susie or Sally. Now, don't come out of your seat if this is you, because I'm going to get it's very specific. Angie was in the first service. Because this is what I described. I said, Angie, you, there's a, someone, is there someone here? Is there someone here named Angie who has lost someone significant in their life recently? The Lord wants, wants me to pray for you. She did not raise her hand because this was the first time in our church and she was completely freaked out. And she walked out and she saw somebody who was clearly a part of our church serving cookies or juice and she said I'm Angie of course they know what they're supposed to do they brought Angie right up to me I said Angie you left me out there swinging in the wind I thought I but the other two names and if I say your name and I describe what it is Please come down here. Because it's in this moment that I believe that the Lord wants to touch you. If you wait till after the service like Angie did, I'll still pray for you. But you're robbing everybody in this room of seeing a spiritual gift and operation. It builds their faith. So maybe... The name Trevor. Trevor, if I've heard the Lord correctly, you have somebody named Trevor whose child needs to be touched by God. Your child. And if that's you, I want you to go get your child and bring them down here. I'd get them out of the nursery, get them out of children's church and bring them down here. But first, let me know you're here. And then second, I couldn't figure if it was Susie or if it was Sally. I, I, I was just, I, I didn't know. Susie or Sally. And so I just wrote down and I thought, there's a very personal prayer request that you have been praying for and it has not been answered. And I want to pray for you because I believe today's your day. And you're also praying because you need, there's something in your mouth, like a sore or a tooth broken or a wisdom tooth or, or something. And you need God to touch you because there's, you need God to touch your mouth as well. So I don't know what the personal request is, but that was the other one. So did I completely miss all of it? Some of you may say, I'm not Trevor, but I have a friend named Trevor and I know who you're talking about. Did I completely miss those names? Last week, the person was in children's church and someone had to go tell her, pastor's talking about you. But in this moment, I will just own it and say, I missed it. I'm sorry, I took a chance. I thought the Lord was talking to me and he wasn't. I missed it, but I need to know. Is there a Trevor? What? What? 
Susan. Who's Susan to you? Your mom? Did I describe her when I said... Yeah, I said the same thing on Friday. I, yeah. Just, just I, I, I want the church to know that I'm not embellishing, okay? Just come stand next to me just for a minute. And I'm going to leave out the private things that you said. But when I wrote it down, those three names, I wrote them down on Monday. Well, we have three Easter services. And so I asked in all three Easter services because I didn't know what service it was in. Again, I'm growing. So I mentioned all three names. No one raised their hand. And I thought, well, got two more services. And if no one raises their hand, the next two services, I clearly missed it all together. And now I know what God does not sound like. But he just told me that it's his mom. His name is Susan, Susie. Is it Susan? Suzanne. That has a very personal request. And he whispered it in my ear and it's private. And she's also, her jaw locks out of nowhere. And so that's her. So I heard accurately, thank you, you can sit down. I heard accurately with Trevor. I heard accurately with Susan. No, I'm sorry, not Trevor. Angie and Susan, Suzanne. And I guess I missed it with Trevor. And that's okay. I don't mind missing it. But man, if I didn't miss it, I want to pray for your child. Let's all raise our hands in this room. I need to pray for the young man because your mother's not here. I need to pray for you. Prayer partners, would you please come down if you would? All the prayer partners, come down. Whatever need you have, most people get healed from the prayer partners, not from me praying. It's God uses them, not me. If you need to get your life right with God, Now's the time to come pray with a prayer partner. Maybe it's a need that we haven't even talked about today. But you need God to move that rock. You can come down and take the hand of a prayer partner. We're going to sing a few songs. There's going to be no official dismissal. The only thing I ask is that we sing this song one time through before anyone leaves. May the Lord bless you. I'm going to pray for you guys. Don't leave. May the Lord bless you. 
May he keep you. May his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. May his countenance be lifted up upon you and bring you peace. In Jesus' name, be blessed in the name of the Lord.